welcome everyone to the Goods & Co. podcast. My name is Isaac Matthews and I am your host. Here on the podcast, we share the stories of local businesses and artists in the northwestern Ontario region of Canada, proudly supporting ventures owned by members of the LGBTQ, BIPOC, and women-led communities. Today's episode is brought to you by the new Woodside Bar, located in the Goods & Co. market downtown Thunder Bay bringing you crafted cocktails and a curated wine and beer menu to suit all taste buds. Follow along on Instagram, at The Woodside Bar. That again is at The Woodside Bar. All right, welcome back to the Goods & Co. podcast today. Dane Newbold, so good to have you here, my friend. How are you doing, Isaac? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, so we are here to talk about many things, but I think it'd be really interesting to start first uh, with you and with the Foundry, because obviously I think this community is very familiar with the Foundry. It's been a staple to the downtown core for so many years now. Um, but there's probably a story behind it that a lot of people might not know. So this could be a cool opportunity to maybe dive into that. So yeah, tell about yourself, how you got into the Foundry and where it all kind of came from. Sure. Um, I'm a... LU University graduate. I went into the philosophy program and the uh, political science program, and I got a two degrees from that, which ultimately doesn't lead to a ton of jobs unless you're planning on teaching political science or philosophy. So the other option is open a bar, pretty much, <laughs> naturally, to talk about that kind of <laughs> stuff, right? But uh, I I worked for years at the Madhouse, which has always been one of my favorite bars in the city, and. Uh, you know, restaurant work always made a lot of sense to me. You know, I, uh, I worked a little bit as a telemarketer growing up and doing different jo- jobs along the way, but I think cooking was the only one I ever felt like satisfaction at doing. Like when you actually finish the job each day, you didn't feel like a part of your soul had been ripped <laughs> out. You felt instead that you'd done something good, you know, like you looked out at the restaurant and you could see people happy and having fun and it just became a thing for me. I was I was content making less money doing that. And then from there, I moved on through a few different restaurants till I landed at Madhouse. And Madhouse was just a, compared to the other environments I worked in before, Madhouse felt like a family, you know? Like you, they, they were still serious about stuff and they had standards, but it was uh, it was a lot more relaxed and a lot more accepting and a lot less about being a certain way a company you know right. being a certain role so i i fell in love with that place and i worked there for about eight years and uh when i was working there that's where i met maylin and that's where i met josh and it's where I, I i a ton of my friends over the years some of my best people i've i've come into contact through there and then at a certain point along the way i was kind of coming to the end of my tenure there and uh my dad and mom bought a building downtown and uh, I don't think they had any real plan for it at first. (laughs) They were talking about uh, renting it out to a bike club and just a bunch of random kind of ideas. I I think my dad always knew he was building a bar with it. He just kind of kept it in, (laughs) in, uh, in hiding, you know, but uh, as soon as we got it going, it became this idea that we were going to develop it into a bar. And, uh, I was just kind of at the end of my run at Madhouse. I left Madhouse to come and help, you know, in any way that I could because they just needed somebody. My dad was in and out of town all the time working on the pipeline. So I came in and just started doing things like driving the truck here and there, picking up supplies, uh, doing basic construction stuff. I learned a lot of little things on the go and and got to be involved in the whole build. And uh, at the time, we were developing it with... uh, 
uh, Ryan Anderson, Chippy Anderson, who uh, ended up opening up uh, Cheers uh, oh, Village. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he went on to that, but he was kind of planning it out with us. And along the way, it just didn't end up working out. And we were left in a position where it was like, somebody's going to have to run this thing. <laughs> and I, I stepped up to do it. You know, I, the, it, it was a scary kind of undertaking with all of that because you never really know how any of this is going to go and, you know, everything's kind of on the line, but we, uh, we went for it, you know, and, uh, the name came from that. We, uh, we kicked around names for the better part of a year. I remember loving all kinds of names and hating all kinds of names <laughs> a day later. And then my dad came up with one called the foundry. And I remember thinking it was not great. And I kept bringing it around to people and everyone kept loving it. And I was like, oh man, I'm really not. Okay. Gotta, <laughs> gotta at least look into this, you know, yeah. I'll do some research on it and see. And, uh, I looked into it and found out that there's a, a real history of a foundry in Thunder Bay. There was uh, the Woodside brothers foundry years ago. And the foundry was, uh, I think it was somewhere in the Marina and they were the first, they were, they were, intrinsically connected to the shipping industry in Thunder Bay. So they were the ones making uh, anchors and making uh, blades for uh, propellers. And they were also making things for the city, like manhole covers. You can still see some of the manhole covers around the city today are branded with Woodside Brothers. Oh, cool. And uh, along the way, they were the first company in the city to ever build a steam engine because somebody oh. came in with plans when it first came out and they are like, hey, I think we can build this. And Foundry created the first steam engine which created the first example of electricity in thunder bay wow right and from there it was the first building to provide electricity to somebody else in the in the city because the farmers market just across the way you know uh they linked everything in and the and powered it up you know That's so amazing. yeah so it, it had this real kind of history to it the the feel that you know you had a, a company that was focused on creating things you know and helped create uh, uh more than just the things but but a scene uh, like a, a vibrant downtown a, a city you know it was all crafted from from just kind of a, a basic starting point you know and uh i feel like what what's happened in thunder bay in the last 10 years has really been that i mean you you've had a few bars that have always been here and you know some that uh that have fallen off over the years and some that have kind of fought for it the whole time and uh, I'm not saying we did anything different, but once Foundry opened, you started to see like a whole resurgence of people, you know, having faith in what was going on downtown and putting money into it. So yeah. you started to see just this snowball effect of bars and, and developments, you know, and what's going on in this building now. I mean, that's to me, it's the apex of, of that entire movement. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've definitely been witness to the fact that over the last, like you said, 10 years. And how long has Foundry been open now? Foundry's on year, I think it's year eight, and we're going for year nine now. Yeah, so you guys were right at the precipice of that that mental and consciousness shift about the downtown Port Arthur or Thunder Bay uh, space. And it really has, like you said, snowballed, it seems, because mm -hmm. a lot of people are getting involved. A lot of people are, are kind of injecting the, the culture with a lot more um, small business and locally owned business, whether that's restaurants or bars or not, there's a lot of things that seem to be coming in downtown. Absolutely. There was a whole resurgence of the food scene uh, about 10 years ago. I mean, Madhouse was always kind of doing it. They were, they had a cool kind of thing going on. I feel like once Steve Simpson and the Sovereign opened up, 
like that was incredible. You just saw like a whole new view on food in the downtown. Like people suddenly like the ceiling lifted up, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we could see that there was potential for people to be doing incredible things. And, and it seems like everybody's just been trying to step up to that bar ever since, you know, like you see more and more people coming up with interesting things. So, yeah. Yeah. So then when obviously May Lynn at one point would have come to you and said, Hey, I have this crazy idea. <laughs> what, uh, what was that like for you? Like wh what was, what was your thoughts on, you said that obviously this building is so important to the history of, of Thunder Bay and yeah. this downtown core. Well, I mean, it, it kind of developed in a weird way too, where, um, May had come to the foundry and had worked within the foundry and helped us like craft and uh, shape so much of what we did there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, uh, May decided to move on. You know, she went on to the Chanterelle and had a, a good couple years there, kind of having a major role in, in developing that whole scene. You know, but I know she always had this idea of what she wanted to do here. You know, she was talking about it for years with me, and and uh, you know, I I kind of tend to be so kind of fo focused and self oriented at times. Like, you know, I'll listen and I'll agree it's a good idea, but I didn't I didn't think that it was going to come about. You know, at least not this soon in our lives. And then. Uh, while she was working at Chanterelle, this opportunity started to present itself and, you know, she just had the opportunity to go for it and she did, you know, and then we got hit with a shutdown like the next day, <laughs> but, but it's been great. It's like the, the time spent during the shutdown, I mean, it's all how you use it. Right. And lots of things have been accomplished, you know, like we're, we're doing a lot of great things at Foundry and, you know, what's developing here is just, it's really special. Like when, Absolutely. when we finally come out of this thing together, we're going to have potentially something that's going to redefine the way that, uh, retail and, and the overall downtown experience is. I believe that hundred percent. I want to go back really quick. I'm going to, I'm going to touch on, we'll come back to what we're talking about now, but really quickly with, with COVID, a lot of our guests we've had the podcast, we've kind of touched on how COVID has affected business. Um, how is your experience with the local scene in this community uh, supporting you guys through COVID? There's been a ton of support, you know, like especially like when we first shut the doors, we saw a major outpour of support for for the idea that we were we were going to do that, you know, that we were going to, you know, shut it down for a bit to be safe. And we sat for three months and I just was going crazy, you know, like I <laughs> like I. I can't deal with just doing nothing, yeah. you know? And so at the end of three months, we were deciding, we're like, we're going to, we're going to set up the patio, you know, like we're just going to put it on the ground and see what happens. You know, like if we get it on the ground and we get it all closed in, then maybe one day soon we get the announcement, at least we can go back to patio season. Mm -hmm. Right. So we start building the patio and no word of a lie as we're putting it on the ground people are driving by and stopping and yelling from their cars or like stopping to talk to us like i had a reporter come up to me while i was on the on the street and they're just just relentlessly asking us if we're opening that week <laughs> and we're like man like it's still a shutdown like we're just <laughs> just putting the patio down guys like but it was amazing to see how many people were excited and as the day went on the announcement came out that that Friday patios were going to officially be open. That's wild. Which was just hilarious because we're like, oh, I guess rush. Like, you know, <laughs> like, let's get this down. But uh, it's like it intensified the the traffic around us, too. People yeah. kept coming down being like, it's Friday, right? You're open Friday. <laughs> and I remember going from thinking, like, I don't know when this is going to come back to being like, yeah, yeah, I can't see why not. Sure. <laughs> and so we opened the Friday. You know, it was... Uh, just this ridiculous, uh, just 
crash bang boom of a reopening you know like two or three days of cleaning and prepping and and getting my staff reorganized and then coming back but as soon as we came back it's like we were we were back in it yeah you know like every day we were packed all through the spring all into the summer and then you see the the push from the bia for the streetery you see the the movement towards these these inclusive kind of things downtown to help the businesses survive and you know i know some of them aren't perfect they come with like little issues that pop up but seeing like the organizations of the city and how they're trying to work through these things to create a positive and uh potentially uh successful downtown through these moves it's been amazing awesome. you know like you would never think that the city would just be willing to take like you know a, a good sized budget and throw it at something to right. fix these things but you know it's it it's the reality of this year these last two years we just we're we're all scrambling you know and to see the city and to see things like the bia try to get behind us and mm -hmm. and prop us up it's really awesome you That's know it's amazing. a really good sign of what of what the city wants to see succeed in the long run i love that and let's hope that coming into the spring and summer season now things kind of clear up and open up again so we can get on those patios and enjoy That's the hope. <laughs> vaccines are coming you know when you're yeah. seeing the numbers go up in the city like i know we can all be critical and we can all be worrisome about stuff you know i know there's fear about it but you know it's hope mm -hmm. it's things are coming back so obviously, uh, with May taking over this building and and looking into the market, you're no stranger to this building yourself. You've you've kind of yeah. You have other hobbies and interests and whatnot that have actually associated you with this building a bit. Totally, totally. Uh, like I mean, anybody that's lived in Thunder Bay for as long as I have remembers the uh, <laughs> the Eden Center when it was when it was alive. You know, when it was fully thriving. I mean, this place back in the day before the casino was, I mean when I was young was thriving it was mm -hmm. full of people it right. was the major shopping center in the downtown and like when you looked at events like Harbor Fest and things of that nature that mall had so much life and so much activity moving through it all the time mm -hmm. and in the later years it was kind of just a uh, bit of a mausoleum that we would <laughs> bike and skateboard through and you know get chased out by security and whatnot and then we got to see it get torn down or at least chunks of it the skywalk the uh the entrance by the black pirates but we got to see the casino come about which is good for the city but uh but even after that like it just sat for so long just not really doing anything like this building i have so many memories of as a kid and then uh a few years back uh, my band was looking for a place to jam. Uh, we had been in Hillcrest High School for a little while, like right. while like, while it was under development. And a friend, uh, Hillary McDowell, reached out to us and told us that her dad was still renting out spaces in here. Okay. And uh, we managed to grab a space for my band. So I spent about a year or so working on an album here that we're actually we're still working on right now, but it's it's going to be coming out this year from uh, Hunt and Gather. So. That, that was one thing I got to do in this building was work on an entire album and build a studio in the basement. Crazy. Yeah, and then uh, uh, when Jordan bought the building, when the new owners came in and purchased the building, we had to move out as part of the owner uh, the new uh, change in ownership. I'm, in all honesty, we might have been able to stay, but we ended up leaving anyways. And uh, a couple months later, I found myself back in here because I realized that there was about a roughly 10,000 square foot space down in the basement that I could use for uh, the martial arts school that I study oh, at. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had been looking to move from Victoriaville Mall for quite a while, and uh, Victoriaville Mall was officially shutting down, and we were getting the notices, you know, that our time was coming to an end, coming to an end, and finally uh, 
we managed to solidify the deal here and uh, we brought Sonkona world-class martial arts from Victoriaville into the basement here at the Eden Center awesome. or, or whatever the new name for this yeah, building I guess is, so. <laughs> right? But, uh, but yeah, we managed to uh, move our entire dojo over and sure enough, you know, one weekend, shut down so we're uh we've been trying to deal with it you know yeah. one like we're about a year open now here like if you were to count the months that were actually open maybe three or four months or something like that but it's been great you know yeah. you're seeing uh like just to see to see the effect that jordan and his teams had downstairs when you look at dilapidated basements being just suddenly renovated and retrofitted mm. with brand new lighting and leds and and new walls and new everything like everything back to to proper function it's it's really uh something you know yeah. you get to see this uh this part of the building come back to life you know we were happy to get in there early as like one of the first tenants in here and lock down our deal and from there we're starting to see the building develop around us you know we're yeah. seeing uh jordan's been developing these offices that we're in right now and we're starting to see the market coming together and like the space that was developed for a cafe on the outside and all these things that are a part of this all these deals that are clicking into place i mean it's there's a lot of moving pieces but yeah. you can see how if all of this stuff comes together this is this is going to be a, a thriving uh economic center of the downtown again absolutely and it's so good to see them use the bones of these buildings like they're so well built back then 99 percent cement like just last structurally yeah structurally yeah. it'll last forever um it's one of my favorite auditor general songs like he <laughs> uh he wrote about a book that was written about the city where uh we just have these buildings these amazing buildings that are being yeah. used for such mundane ineffectual things at yeah. times you know but they're if anything they're all at all over you <laughs> yeah. know like you look at the hydro building with all those mm. faces carved on the outside yeah. it's it's really incredible yeah you know? so it's great that he's come in and and all these teams have come in and started to use these buildings again and hopefully uh bring them back to life yeah definitely um so then Going into the market, you are not only a big support system for this, but your foundry has a bit of a hand in coming to the market. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, any, anything May is doing, we try to support and get behind in, in one way or another. But uh, as we started to develop this idea in the market pretty early on, we were like, man, it'd be nice if we could get those liquor sales. Amen. So, uh, so we talked early on about setting up a bar within it, you know, nothing too huge, nothing like a full space or a full show venue or anything, but just something where we could facilitate liquor sales within the space. Because one of the things that made craft revival, just take this outside of this for a second, anyone that, that knows about goods and co probably knows about craft revival and, how it kind of started with the foundry and then built out across all the downtown markets. But one of the things that always kind of made it special in some ways is that you could get a drink, you know, you could like have a beverage and walk around the market and it could be part of the experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So right away when we were looking at goods and co, we were like, man, it'd be nice to recreate that. Like you want to have that little, little aspect of what made this work so well. So we started to talk about the idea of a bar. We kicked around a bunch of different options for it. But uh, the one that seems to have settled that we seem to like the most right now is Woodside. You know, to take it right back to that original story, the Woodside Brothers Foundry. And, you know, we're starting to think that Woodside is the brand that we're developing for, uh, for the market. You know, and Amazing. it kind of makes sense, too, when you think of a foundry then extending to the market just across the way. You know, yeah. it's, we're, we're doing something that uh, harkens back to where this all started for us so i just got goosebumps thinking about it it's right? cool how the uh 
it's such a recreation of history and even bringing the name Goods & Co. We've talked about this in other podcasts as well and the names of the foundry and just recreating history. Well, I love the story that came about with uh, Matthews Goods & Co. Like to me, that's really special when you hear about that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, it's it's, uh, harmonic, you know? I like that idea where it's like... uh, Things, they kind of harmonize over time. So you see reflections of things in history where it's like, that's ah, not quite the same, but it's that's pretty close. It's, <laughs> I like it. No, it's amazing, man. There's so many amazing things coming up in the next couple of years for this city and this downtown core for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been great, Dane. Thank you so much. Um, we touched on a couple things. Obviously, if people want to support the Foundry, they can always take out order in whatever that's all still happening take out order in we've been doing panzerottis which are selling off the charts uh we're coming for the the panzo market oh no (laughs) but uh yeah and there's a there's a plan for food in the market too we're Mm. we're trying to develop our ideas like we're working on some some different angles that we're going to approach but uh but yeah we're uh we're excited to be a part of this whole thing we want to we want to be a, a part of the the recreation of that downtown scene. Like, I don't know if people remember, like, I guess you got to be like 30 or over at least at this point. But there was a point where the whole downtown would be packed with people, the streets filled with people, the Eden Center, just people flooding in and out, exiting different entrances, like knowing what's coming into that market and yeah. what's developing and like how it's going to build relationships like there's things that are coming into the market that will work and and partner with the businesses that are situated around it already mm, yeah. there are things within the market that allow us as businesses to extend into them you know like local coffee shops and local bars that create things like the tomlin yeah. or us that create like dry goods that we can sell you know there's there's all kinds of options for us to put these things into this this body that can then continue to sell stuff for us and then you just see the expansion of things like retail for me one of the biggest points on all this is like when you walk through intercity mall you could pick any day of the week you could pick the day during a shutdown and that mall is full of people yeah and like it does you, a virus won't chase the people <laughs> out of the mall right yeah. there's a hundred people in the mall at any given time so the idea that retail and shopping centers build an area that they build mm. a following it's it's undeniable yep. you know like you saw what happened to the downtown mall here it got gutted because intercity developed and kept growing and expanding but i think you're seeing a a, a reversion of that nowadays you're seeing a move away from the big box chains you're seeing a move back to small stores especially locally based stores that that can deal on a one-to-one basis with customers and you know seeing that kind of thing build again you know that's gonna that's gonna see the city thrive that's gonna see the locals thrive rather than uh big outlet stores you know yeah and i really think there was there was a generational thing happening for shopping local anyway mm-hmm. and this whole pandemic has been just an expedited it's process a trust for that yeah it's amazing you know it's like it's knowing that the money that you put out there is going to help your neighbor it's mm-hmm. knowing that the thing that you get in the mail might be safe or might not you know like the, the, these are concerns that are you know they're not great all the time but at the same time this is the reality of the situation that we find ourselves in it's that our our views on the world and how we buy our products changes you know even when you think like a lot of the stuff about this pandemic could have been created just because of things like food shortages and the way that our our food chains work you know it, it re uh reinvigorates the idea that we should be focusing on locally 
sourced and created items. We should be focusing on local economies and local local communities as a way of growing, you know, that these produce safer results in the long run and, and results that'll keep us all uh, economically and uh, physically healthier one yeah. way or another. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Dane, thank you so much. We're yeah, very much you looking forward to... Uh, to you guys moving into the market this summer it's gonna be a pleasure i can't wait to see you and uh yeah we'll be in touch about a lot of things sounds good cheers awesome thank you everyone so much for joining us for this episode of the goods and co podcast we have several local entrepreneurs lined up for this season of the goods and co podcast so make sure to subscribe and be notified when new episodes are released once again, this episode was brought to you by the new Woodside Bar opening this fall inside the Goods & Co. Market downtown Thunder Bay, serving up curated cocktails, delicious wines, and craft beers. Follow along on Instagram at The Woodside Bar. That handle again is at The Woodside Bar. <laughs>